Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Monday, everyone. Last week, we finished up our study on the five purposes that God put us on earth for. We were following Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, and also sharing the material that we used during the messages at the church during this 40 Days of Purpose. And the feedback that I have been receiving is very gratifying. In our own church, many people have handed in notes sharing how their life have been changed during these 40 days. Also, it's been very encouraging to receive the notes from those of you that have been listening on the radio and, again, expressing how this material has benefited and changed your life. You know, as I look back on it, what have we learned? Well, we have learned the main thing is that it's not about us. It's all about God. Hebrews 2 and 10 tells us that God is the one who made all things and all things are for his glory. I mean, it starts with God, it's maintained by God, and everything is for his purposes and for his ends. Colossians 1.16 says everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. And so really, if you want to understand what life is all about, you can't do that until you come to an understanding of God. We humble our hearts, acknowledge him, receive his salvation, and then understand why we are on earth. And the five purposes that we're here on earth for? Number one, we were planned for his pleasure. That's worship. Secondly, we were formed for God's family. That's fellowship. We were created to become like Christ. And that process is discipleship. Fourth, we were shaped to serve God by serving others. And that's called ministry. And then lastly, we were made for a mission, and that is to share the good news with everyone we come in contact with, and that is evangelism. You know, going through a period like we have for the last 40 days, where we have focused on studying God's Word every day through reading a chapter, and then being part of a small group where you begin to share and understand things better through the discussion, And then, of course, our services on Sunday as we begin to focus all together on what God has for us. I mean, this is an intense time of focus. And as a result, it is a spiritual high. I mean, so many people have told me how real God has become to them and how great this time has been in their life, that it's really been revolutionary. I mean, that's what a spiritual high is. It's being on a mountaintop with God. Now, the thing is, when you're on a mountaintop, You have to come down. And that's what I want to share over these next number of days, is how do we come down from a spiritual high? How do we come down to everyday living, down in the valley, down where there's problems, down where we have to meet with people, down where we have to apply the things that we have learned? I want to share some practical insights that will help us to land safely after a spiritual high. Now to get started on this, let's just think about a natural high on earth. The highest point on earth is Mount Everest. It's 29,035 feet. 
that is high. I mean, when you calculate that out, it's about five and a half miles high. Think about that. That's the height that jet planes fly at. And people have made a concerted effort to summit that mountain since 1921. And of course, Edmund Hillary was the first one to do it. I believe it was in 1953. But since that time, do you know that there's been 1,300 people that have made it to the top of Mount Everest? That's a lot of people. But also, do you realize that 160 people have died trying? I mean, that's one in eight. When you think about this, for every eight people that tried to climb that mountain, one person died. So it's a dangerous thing to climb Mount Everest. But let me ask you this question. Do you think it's more dangerous to climb Mount Everest or to descend Mount Everest? Now, as I was reading about this, I was amazed to find out that more people have died descending Mount Everest than have died trying to climb it. That means that there were people who reached the summit and was excited and exhilarated and celebrated victory only to die on the descent. Now, I'm sure that mountain climbers are aware of this and realize it's not over just because I've reached the summit, but that also I need to be careful to get back safely. Now, this illustrates a spiritual principle that I want to share with you today. You have to be extra careful descending from a spiritual high. Many people don't realize this, and I don't think you would naturally think about it. That after a great spiritual high, after a time of intense focus upon the Lord, where he has revealed himself to you, and as it were, you're up on the mountain as Moses was up on the mountain and received the Ten Commandments, that there is more danger of failing after that than before that. The prophet Elijah is a great example of this. In 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19, we find the story of Israel being in idolatry and worshiping Baal. And God sends Elijah and he comes in before the king and he says, it's not going to rain till I tell you. And he walks out and they might have thought, well, who, who's this guy that said this? But time went by and it didn't rain. And then months went by and it didn't rain until three years goes by and it hasn't rained. And finally, Elijah comes back and there is set up sort of a showdown on Mount Carmel where the prophets of Baal were to make a sacrifice and then Elijah was to make a sacrifice. And the God that answered by fire from heaven was to be the God that Israel would serve. And so the prophets of Baal, they made their sacrifice and they began to call upon their God. The scripture goes on how they cut themselves and they did all kinds of things to try to get Baal to answer. But of course, nothing happened. And then Elijah steps forward. And just to show that this is not going to be by accident, he goes and has the sacrifice and the altar and everything just drenched with water. And then he stands before the Lord and he prays. And he says, Lord, I'm your servant and I'm here and I've done what you've asked. Now, Lord, answer from heaven and show that you are strong. And fire comes down from heaven. It consumes the sacrifice and the altar and just licks up all the water. And what a tremendous victory there is. The nation turns to God. The prophets of Baal are executed. And then Elijah goes to pray that it will rain. And if you read the story, you'll find how he prayed and then sent his servant to look for clouds and back and forth. And finally, on that seventh prayer, 
the servant comes back and says, I see a little cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah says, well, let's get down off this mountain. It's going to rain. And the rains come and the nation is restored. Now, when you look at this, this is a tremendous victory. And of course, it happened on the mountain. I mean, this is a mountaintop experience where Elijah saw miracles, where he saw the whole nation turn back to God, and where he has been instrumental in all of this happening. Now, this is just about as high as you can get. But when he comes down from that mountain, then he gets a message from Queen Jezebel. And Jezebel says, Elijah, you're going to be dead by this time tomorrow. Now, what does this great man of God do who has stopped the rain, who has called down fire from heaven? He begins to run for his life. I mean, he runs to hide. And then he prays to God. And he says, God, kill me. You might as well just take my life now. Now, this is amazing. Here's a man who accomplished this great victory. And yet, just a few days later, is praying for God to take his life. This just shows this principle that I'm sharing here, that you have to be careful in descending from a spiritual high. Now, this is a common occurrence, and we need to be aware of it and guard against it. You know, I've experienced this in my own life. I find that I am most vulnerable after times of great accomplishment or victory. I mean, it's times when you have applied yourself and been focused and brought all your energies to bear at something, and then you see the victory, and then it seems in that time that follows, that time of relaxation, that you let your guard down, and it's like Satan comes and blindsides us with something. Is that been your experience? Well, I want to help you as we go forward in this time to understand how we come down from mountaintop experiences. What do we do to ensure ourselves against the failure that so many have experienced? Now again, Jesus is our example. I mean, he was able to handle the ups and downs in life without experiencing failure. His ministry started with his baptism. And at that time, a voice spoke out of heaven and saying, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I mean, what a tremendous time that was. What a high that was when who he was was confirmed by God from heaven. But then the scripture says he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I mean, right following this high, he enters into this 40-day period of temptation where he faces Satan. This 40 days of fasting had to be a low time in his life. And yet he comes out of that and the scripture says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to set the captives free, to preach the good news to the poor and so forth. And he comes out and he begins his ministry. And what acclaim he receives and miracles and the crowds get larger and larger. But then as time goes on, the crowds turn against him and they leave. And it came to a point when he asked his disciples, Will you leave me also? That had to be a low in his life. And then, of course, that leads to the crucifixion and the passion of Christ. I mean, what a horrendous time of suffering. And yet, that is followed by the resurrection and a time of tremendous victory. You see, in the life of Jesus, it was constantly up and down, up and down. And yet, it didn't throw him. He came down from the highs, handled the lows, and then experienced again the victories. I think one of the main things to realize is just this principle of up and downs in life. I mean, that's just the way things are. 
In Mark chapter 9, we have the experience of Jesus taking Peter, James, and John up on the mountain. And there before them, he's transfigured. I mean, he becomes radiant. His deity, as it were, just shines forth through him. And it says that Elijah and Moses came down and talked to him on the mountain. And when Peter saw this, he said, it's good for us to stay right here. Jesus, let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I mean, this was Peter's reaction. Let's stay right here. But that wasn't what Jesus wanted. And he leads them down from the mountain back down to the valley. Jesus knew there were ups and downs. You can't maintain the high points. You have to come back down to earth, as it were, and walk out our experiences there. Well, our time is gone for today, and we're just getting started on this, but we'll continue tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.